once you know a language, you kind of just jump from one to the other a little bit seamlessly. Welcome to Physicists in the Wild. My name is Aggie Branchik. In this series, we chat with physicists who pursued careers outside of academia. In this episode, we chat with Betty Rodriguez Mia, who did her PhD in condensed matter and is now a full stack software developer. I think for the longest time, I thought that I was going to be in academia. Um, my dad, um, a professor, right? Um, so I, I always thought I was going to be a professor too. There's always the expectation that you do a PhD because you need to be or you want to be a professor somewhere, a researcher. My, my PhD was in computational physics. I was studying uh, disorder systems, superconductors with, with impurities how they behave. My professors had a theory where you have interactions which are both elastic and viscous. I was trying to prove um, computationally, numerically, whether this theory matched the experiments. For me, it was exciting to be coding and trying to mimic right, the theory and trying to see if, you know, larger and larger systems, size matters, you know, what do you fine tune one constant when you fine tune the other one and see what works. But then, one year before finishing, I, I had what I called my epiphany. And I said, wait, I like problem solving, but maybe I don't like physics as much as my other peers do. Maybe I don't want to do physics. Physics is not for me. You know, my peers were all excited about physics, right? Reading papers, solving problems, thinking about it. Well, I was more engaged with coding and solving problems through coding. So then just before finishing, I mean, I said, okay, well, you've been here six years. So let's just finish your thesis and, and, and move on. I did not think that, that, you know, academic path was for me then. What was your first non-academic position after your PhD? I told my advisor, right, this is not for me. And he's like, why don't you contact one of my former students? He's also um, doing computational science, basically. He might have more ideas of, uh, of software development. So I contacted this person. Um, later on, he said, you know what, Betty? We have a position that's called science coordinator in Louisiana State University. Basically, it's like a project manager. Uh, and we need somebody who knows science and who has basically, who knows how we work. You wouldn't be doing science or research, right? But you would be still in a university setting. Do you want to give it a try? I said, sure, because if I don't try it, I don't know if I like it. So I jumped at the opportunity and I became a project coordinator for a $14 million grant between six universities across Louisiana. And so I, I really liked being a manager and still, you know, getting, being in touch with science. And, but then I, I, I met my husband there and my now husband and He's also a physicist, and he got a job here in um, Perimeter Institute. So we moved to Canada two years after starting in Louisiana. I continued working remotely for Louisiana State University for at least five more years. And then Louisiana State University said, you have to live here in order to be paid here. <laughs> and I said, well, I can't do that. Um, so that cut my ties with um, Louisiana State University. And at that point, Perimeter Institute said, well, is there somebody who would like to do any data entry? And I said, well, I'm doing nothing. Might as well put my, you know, my brain to some use. So what happened then was that um, 
the IT department saw me and said, hey, Betty, do you want to do some contracting work? We have this software, which is going to make the work of reporting for the researchers easier. Do you want to do that? I'm like, yeah. I took, again, Python and started scripting all the data that they have from their in-house reporting system. So I started doing basically data engineering. I worked with them for about six months, and, but the project then was over. And, and then um, one of my colleagues said, yeah, why don't you try data science? Like a lot of physicists are going into data science. Why don't you try it? I'm like, okay, well, why not? Again, my, my, my philosophy was if I don't try it, I don't know if I like it. So I went ahead and I tried data science. Um, data science, there was a program called Sharpest Minds, which basically they pair you up with a mentor. It's a paid program in a sense that part of your first year income goes to them, a percentage. And it wasn't that bad, the percentage. So I said, okay. And I did a couple of projects for my amusement and for my portfolio. And then I was already in Waterloo, obviously. And I said, well, Waterloo is... Uh, that's a lot of tech companies. I started, um, you know, going to meetups uh, for data science and data engineering, and I met people. I got to be in LinkedIn. Uh, one of the people I met on those meetups liked a comment from another person that I didn't know that they were looking for software developers, all levels. And I'm like, whoa, all levels, right? So I've never had the confidence that I'm at a great level, right? I just That's just me. I don't know, imposter syndrome, you call it. I said, they said entry level, I can be there. And so I just called, reached this person. And this person replied, I was like, sure. I have a project that seems like it's a good fit for you. So I started working in this small consultancy um, company here in, in Waterloo. I started uh, learning um, JavaScript there because once you know a language, you kind of just jump from one to the other a little bit seamlessly. And then I started looking at Node, was a bit more full stack developer then, and just learning more tools. And then the pandemic hit. Out of 18 of us, including the, the owners, you know, five of us were laid off. And then there I go again, looking for a job. And then it, again, LinkedIn, you know, as somebody liked a, a link from another person, we are hiring and I'm like, okay, I, I just reached this person that I didn't know. I said, hello, I, I am interested in your position. And then I landed here at um, my current company and I've been there for two and a half years. Can you tell us a little more about your current job? My current job, um, I'm again, front end software development um, developer. It's a networking company. Um, they can visualize um, what is connected to what. The routers, the switch, um, the laptops, the um, everything. And we can pinpoint what is offline, right? Instead of having an IT person going physically to see if everything is plugged in and in place, we can see, for example, in a map or in a table or whatever, right? It's a growing company. Uh, when I joined, we were about 100 people. Um, then I joined when it was already the pandemic and it was working from home, but it's a 100% work from home company. I like it there. I like the people. I like their culture. What skills are needed for your job? 
well, besides coding, right? Problem solving, fast learning, uh, diving headfirst, <laughs> breaking down complex tasks into smaller ones that are more easily managed. I knew a bit of coding, but don't think you just learn on the fly. When I moved from Python to JavaScript, it was like, okay, what's the syntax? Coding is kind of like, okay, I know how to code. It's just a matter of, does it have a semicolon at the end? I mean, I'm no, I'm oversimplifying it, but but the concept is it's more or less the same. So what matters? Problem solving and then learning fast and Stack Overflow, looking things on Google and you know something with Stack Overflow too. What advice would you give a PhD student who's interested in becoming a software developer? Um, well, you can learn coding on your own. There are some websites to do that. I I, I have not used those, those websites, so I don't know which ones. Having a portfolio showcasing two or three projects that you liked, that's very important. Mm -hmm. um, editing your CV is another part. I, I found that, you know, physicists, we have like a five-page CV, some others, you know, I had like a three-page, but others have way longer CVs, like all your publications, all your presentations, all your even your poster presentations, conferences, et cetera, right? That won't matter in industry. Um, in industry, they like a one-pager, mm -hmm. you know, make it tiny. Uh, what are your skills? Just basically, they, they don't care about your publications, sorry. What you have learned as a PhD, how can you apply that in your in industry, in our the position that we are advertising, right? So it's uh, my CV is like, okay, I have C++, you know, JavaScript, Node, I have scripting, I have um, experience with uh, GitLab, GitHub, you know, things like that. Um, less so than I attended a conference in, you know, 2000 and something, something. Uh, so polish your CV targeted towards the industry mm -hmm. um, and have a portfolio. And networking works. Uh, reach out to people. Um, if you see a position that you like um, somewhere, find a person, the hiring manager, if you can, and reach out to that person and say, hey, I'm interested in, in this position. And again, if, if, they, if you, you're not a fit to that one, um, they can point you in the right direction. Hmm. You're also, some of them are very good at saying, you know what, um, if you up your skills in this field, you probably have a better chance. They can give you advice because they, they know people who are applying. Um, and so they can give you advice too. Oh, and you can also uh, have practice interview. Google interview questions for software developers. Practice those questions, find out the answers, uh, practice with a friend or maybe even, you know, with a mirror, I don't care. As long as you, you practice, some people say your one minute elevator, elevator pitch, get more comfortable with yourself. The other advice was you might not fit 100% of that interview in that, you know, role for which you're applying. Just don't care about that. If you fit 50%, go for it. Mm. Because, you know, those job descriptions, sometimes they're very prescriptive. But at the end, it's not exactly what the manager is looking for. With the people that I've worked with, um, they care more about how you fit in the team than your actual skills. Because your actual skills, you can learn them on the fly. If you show that you can learn, which you already do with your PhD, you, you'll get into the place where they want you to be. They are looking more into your personality and whether you know, you'll play well with, with the other team members. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to share with our viewers and listeners? I wish 
I would have been told, this is what I wish, I would have been told that not all PhDs that enter PhD in physics are going to end up in academia. That was always my goal. But if you look at the statistics, and you probably know more about this statistics, statistics than I do, I think like right after a PhD, at least 50% don't end up in academia. After your first postdoc, again, a bunch of them go to, to industry. Second postdoc, even more to industry. And it's just a tiny fraction of those who started who end up in academia. And I was never made aware of that. So I wish they would have told me that there is an outside world besides academia where I could fit. Yeah, I wish um, physics departments would make that um, more of a goal to show you know, you can end up in these different careers. Your PhD is still valuable, not because you may end up in industry. It won't mean that you, your PhD is worthless. No, no, it's still worth it. But you could fit here, 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 here. Well, you're doing your part now and helping with that by doing this. <laughs> I hope so. And I don't regret doing my PhD, right? I, like, I love it. I like those years that I spent there, despite, you know, challenges. Uh, but um, I learned programming, like scripting, whatever. I I was surrounded by, by, by a lot of people that I like. Um, I still keep in touch. Um, but, you know, some eye-opening probably would have been better mm -hmm. than feeling frustrated at the last year and said, oh, my God, what am I going to do if I'm not going to be in, in academia? Thank you, Betty. This was really great. So much practical advice and hearing about your path has been really very interesting. Thank you. Thank you for, for the time and giving me the opportunity. Um, hopefully this helps somebody who might be in the same position I was. Not ending in academia is not the end of the world. There are way more paths for you. Yeah.